0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 524 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue to discuss season two of the apple tv plus series foundation and no fear we'll be around because we are not under indictment though you're kind of <laughs> under work arrest at the minute uh, at the moment yeah so uh very similar yeah back with the kids today um
1: Back with the kids, yep.
0: So, you know, I I was going to kind of tease you about that, but then we got to talking about your son that's getting ready to, you know, uh, take up a a posting with this Peace Corps. And, man, as I was saying, it's just so impressive. And, you know, I think young people get a bad rap sometimes, but, uh, you know, I I think when we see how young people really – got out to vote in our last election and hopefully they'll do the same in 2024 uh, you know there is hope for this country uh, and you know young men like your son now the good thing though is frees up the studio in the basement
1: it does it does and uh luckily tonight he's also working so i could i could uh, i didn't have to move anything up to his brother's room upstairs which is now vacant because brendan's at the uh, university of maryland and he moved in a week ago and, but Sean's not here tonight, so I can uh, still use the basement and then, uh, you know, yeah, a couple weeks to ride this out and then uh, there are no uh, conflicts with uh, me having to move any kind of recording equipment. Yeah, well. Though I am going to miss him a lot. Yeah, well, you know, and look,
0: maybe we'll pick up a, a listener in uh, the
1: country he's going That's to. Let's see. Maybe he's going to Tanzania, so, you know, maybe he can, uh, you know. I don't think we're real popular there, but no, but you know we can be number one in Tanzania real quick. Yep. I think we just probably need just a couple of people listening to us. Yeah, um, but but yeah, and uh, it's it's an absolutely uh, gorgeous country, and um, though you know a lot of a lot of poverty, obviously you know, with the Peace Corps, but um, it's a beautiful place, and he is really really psyched about going there, and you know he's really charged up about you know, doing good in the world and, and helping people out. So I am, I'm very proud of him for that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, you guys out
0: there, if you want to contact us with episode feedback, questions, comments, whatever, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't done that yet. And in one short piece of housekeeping news uh, we are going to cover as i think most people suspected season three of ragnarok which has already dropped on netflix six episodes once again the third and final season so won't be until we're completed our run with foundation but
1: uh, looking forward have
0: you watched it yet at
1: all i have not because you know i was thinking about watching it and then we decided we were going to do it so i'm like okay i'll wait till we're uh wait till we record and then i'll I'll watch it then.
0: Yeah, I I nearly watched it. I called it up, and I thought, no, I'll I'll go ahead and wait. And fortunately, I found something else, which I'll mention in what I'm watching. But we'll let you go first this week.
1: Okay. Well, uh, the big one was Ahsoka, which uh, came out on Disney Plus this past Tuesday, I think. And as a uh, massive fan of Star Wars Rebels, that being one of my not just favorite animated shows but one of my favorite shows period i was thinking actually that if you know the desert island thing if you were stranded on desert island and could only have one show that of course that begs a lot of other questions about your desert island but still um i think would i would i pick star wars rebels i think that you know it is definitely a possibility you know that that's something i'd pick I, you know the l word also would be a, a potential you might be surprised but i thought maybe that would could be one of the Possibilities just because of there's so many episodes and everything.
0: But, okay, um, wow.
1: But uh, so, as a fan of Rebels, this is uh, pretty awesome to see some of my favorite characters of there, especially my absolute favorite droid, which is Chopper, to see him in action and uh, you know being a wiseacre again, and Sabine Wren and Harrison Dula, and of course Ahsoka Tano, who has been you know a, a character. Uh, throughout um, both the Clone Wars series and Rebels, so um, and to watch these actors put them into into motion, and you know, it was so funny, I was talking to Sean; doesn't want to start watching it because by the time he ships out, it won't be done. So he won't, he basically won't get to see the end of it for quite some time if he started it. Um, but he asked me about it, and I said, "Well, you know, like most of the characters, like I pretty felt like pretty comfortable with them." except for Sabine Wren. But then I thought, but you know, like she, in Rebels, she's young. She's very young, like maybe 15, 16 years old, uh, maybe slightly older than that. And this is 10 years or so after that. So obviously a person, as we know as teachers, that the, the what a person is like when they're 16, 17 years old is much different from where they're at when they're 26, 27 years old. For most people, not everyone. So you know the fact that her character is so different. Well, it makes sense. She's older. She's more mature, right? So it's cool. So anyway, I, I really liked uh, Ahsoka, and if uh, if uh, you're already a fan of the Star Wars shows, the Star Wars Rebels, then I probably don't need to. You don't need me to tell you to to watch this. You probably are already in on it. So um, <clears throat> the other show is season two of Winning Time which remember oh, yeah, know, the, you know, Laker, the Lakers about the Lakers. Yeah. 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 So season one was all about the 81 season or 19, no, sorry, 1980 season. Um, I think it's 80. Ah, I can't remember. Well, they, they won the, the, you know, spoiler alert. They won the championship that year, <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson's rookie year. Um, and now, you know, things are different. Actually, if like, I, I think I talked before about Pat Riley's um, book, it's kind of like a self-help book. Um, and I can't remember what it's titled and everything, but, um but in it you know he talks about a lot about how you know they, they were he was a coach of this team actually was just the assistant coach at this time um of this team and they won it all and then the next year you know it um they, they experienced some disappointments and everything and he talks about how hard it is to get back you know how much of a struggle and what you have to do to like achieve that success again after you had it and not to just sit back and rest and everything um, so it's it's cool. It's still a, a very good show. I have to admit, I you know at this point they are not the success they were the year before. You know, it's it's not quite as like exciting or you know it's still really good. I still love it, but you know, it's just that that kind of newness factor. Of seeing oh that's Pat Pat Riley. Oh my God, and, you know, there's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Seeing these actors acting out these people that we're very familiar with. Um, so the, the the that newness factor of it's probably not quite as much but still a really good show um you know the, the characters are, are really well developed i mean almost all the actual people who this is about have disputed a lot of what's going on in winning time so if you watch it don't watch it as biography because it's not it's, it's much of it is very sensationalized and fictionalized and everything but uh, it's still just a, a good show and kind of cool and kind of Encapsulates that era too, and, and everything. So, all right, okay. thumbs up on it. All right, cool. All right, now I
0: misspoke last week when I called the Prime Video series that I'm watching in Absentia when it's actually simply Absentia. And I mentioned last week Stana is amazing as an FBI agent that's willing to break all the rules to find out who was responsible for her uh, her abduction that found her held for six years. So we just started season three it's only got three seasons so hopefully my wife and I were talking about this last night hopefully they knew that this was going to be it and that there's not some major cliffhanger at the end but right yeah but it's just really good and yeah I've mentioned and I'm sure a lot of listeners know Stan Akadik was the female lead in Castle and it got me to thinking In 2003, when Firefly aired, I really wasn't watching TV at all. And I was trying to think, how did Firefly come to my attention? And I think it might have been you at school at one of our lunchtime discussions. But regardless, I came to Firefly late. Needless to say, I loved it. But as we've said so many times, and I'm sure this is true for everybody out there, All right. Well, Nathan Fillion was great in this. What else was he in? And that's what led me to Castle. And fortunately, at the time, there were, you know, reruns. And this was before I got all these streaming services. So we were actually Mm. watching, uh, you know, local TV that would do the reruns and there'd be like, you know, two or three episodes of Castle every day at dinner time, which, which my wife and I would watch, and they air them in order and all that. So, you know, that's how, you know, we, we got to Castle, and then, of course, oh, Stanacaddix in Absentia. Well, then it got me to thinking, you know, I've never checked out Nathan Fillion's current show, The Rookie. You're familiar okay. with that, right?
1: I, I am familiar with it, and I don't know if I've actually ever watched it.
0: Well, I never have either. And, and you know the premise is that he's this forty year old guy who just got divorced, and he decides, and I don't want to say you know, he, he just decides on a whim, but he wants to become a police officer in the in the LAPD. So he goes through, he he passes, and now he's a rookie, uh, along with two other rookies. And, and we, you know, we see their development as police officers. And, and the, one of the other rookies, the female is, is Melissa O'Neill, who I kn- knew and probably mentioned once or twice on the podcast that I had a, a fairly major crush on her in dark matter. She was two also known as Portia Lynn in that series. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I watched the pilot and I'm thinking, well, okay, this is pretty good. Now, I don't like it as much as I like these international crime shows that I've talked about, you know, on many occasions. I thought, okay, that's cool. And and the other, you know, full disclosure, uh, I I couldn't find it anywhere on any service that I have. So uh, Uh somehow I, 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 yeah, (laughs) didn't have to go to the dark web, but, uh, I thought, okay, well then the other night my wife, you know, fell asleep early. I'm like, what am I going to watch? all right, no, I'm not going to start Ragnarok. All right, I'll watch another episode of The Rookie. Well, now I'm four episodes in.
1: Yeah, okay. All right. You got to keep going at that point.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I probably will keep going, you know, on on these nights when I can't figure out what to watch. Uh, I think it was a night the Orioles had played in the afternoon, so I didn't even have that option to turn on the ball game. But It's pretty good. I mean, the writing is good. I I, I certainly feel like it's not going to surprise me. I didn't look into it. If there are some writers, production people that maybe worked on Castle, because it kind of has that same feel to it as well. But not that I have to convince you, but Nathan Fillion, he's just one of those guys that that he's just good in whatever he's in. And, um, you know, so anyway. I'll, I'll and, and the, the
1: character, <clears throat> I mean, like, again, I can't really speak to the rookie, but you know, the, the character he played in in Castle, Richard Castle, was much different than the character of Mal from Firefly, right? I mean, you can basically say it's still, he's that same decent guy, good person, and yeah, kind of
0: but, but the they- characters
1: are different, right? Like, they're, yeah. they're, it's not are like they? he's not playing the same guy. Or I think so. Well, yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, Malcolm
0: Reynolds is is to a large extent the quintessential anti-hero, for sure. Right. I guess Castle not so much in that regard. He's, you know, basically a good guy like you said. I mean, he, you know, I guess the thing in Richard Castle's dark side, and I'm making air quotes, really isn't yeah. that dark. I guess when you go right down to it. Right. So, uh but anyway, all right. So uh, we'll leave it at there, at that. If you want a network show to to check out, and you've got it's probably on Disney Plus. I don't know who who owns ABC anymore. Can't keep track. Either. But ABC dot com just gives you like five episodes of the current season. So,
1: well, also you opened up with the Orioles here, and I'm not going to. You're talking about the Orioles again for on a rant, but do, have you? Did you see tonight's? Have you seen any tonight's game by any chance? I have not. So one of Baltimore's favorite, I should say, I'd say favorite, some in this case favorite daughter, is at the game. A a Baltimore icon that not many people associate, unless you're from Baltimore, you know, that won a big Orioles fan and a Baltimore girl is one Joan Jett. Uh, I was was wondering if that's
0: who you were going to say.
1: Yeah, attending the game tonight, which is super cool.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: Yeah. All right, cool.
0: All right, well, let's get to foundation Season two, episode three, titled King and Commoner, written by Lee Dana Jackson and Jane Espenson, directed by David S. Goyer. This one was released July 28th, 2023. Of the three episodes of season two, this is far and away my favorite. I really like this episode a lot. And it's not that I didn't like the first two. And maybe it was me and you know as as we said in the first two week discussion i was having a difficult time just really putting everything together and and you know you mentioned you did the rewatch of season one and that probably would have been wise on my part but whether it's that i've got my feet on the ground now or this was just a damn good episode i guess it doesn't matter there's probably a little bit
1: of of both of those i think and i think the introduction of Hober Mallow really made it for me that with this one, because here's a character who really, which I thought we had actually a good job with the new characters of, um, well, you know, Polly, not necessarily a new character, but he's kind of new to us. Well, Brother and Constant. brother. I was trying to remember her name yet. Brother Constant as well. There's two characters who were great, uh, and we get to see more of them. And then this really electric uh, new character in Hober Mallow, who is, you know, I, I believe Alan's going to talk later about kind of comparing the, you know, the characters in, in the book to the series. And we are just way like this, at, at this point it bears very little resemblance at all to the book, So it's not to even talk about it. I just want to, one thing I just say is like in, in my mind, you know, like the, the warden who got fried last week, when I first saw him, like, oh, that's that's got to be Hober Mallow because he looked exactly like I pictured him. That you know that actor basically looks like exactly. Like I feel like Asmov described Hober Mallow the character. You know, big burly white guy, you know, square jaw, cigar smoking kind of dude. And the the actual character of Hober Mallow is so different, and it's awesome. Like, I I think it's just great how they they're. they're kind of taking it and making this these characters their own here. So
0: Well, and the other thing that was so great about that is the way they took us from his initial introduction with that conversation with, uh, I don't know what that dude's title was, um, to the end when he escapes and, and steals Polly's ship. I mean, it really just did not take long to get from, the beginning to the end, yet it did not feel rushed. So I think one of the strengths of this episode is clearly the characters, uh, you know, in the introduction of some that we haven't seen, but the, the writing is just so tight in this one.
1: But Yes. Well, you know, there's one, Miss Jane Espenson. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Writer, so I think, you know, like that is a sign of quality right there. Yeah. So who's the king and who's the commoner? Well, I think we have a couple. Kings and commoners here, don't we? We've got, uh, empire and, um, and, and uh, Bel-Rios, and we have, uh, Bel-Rios being the commoner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, 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 Hober as the commoner and the, uh, you know, what's the com- Commodore Argo, um, who is seems very kingish. Right, sitting on the throne and everything like that.
0: Okay, he he was the guy that Hober took advantage of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, well, and and that's swindled, pre- maybe. Or, yeah. Right. Okay, and, and that's pretty so, much what I shady. I um, thought as well. Now, the other thing in this episode for me, Cleon makes a difficult decision to bring back Bel Rios, and and you know we we really get some great exchanges once belrios is brought back so that was definitely a, a highlight for me and and then the whole thing with harry and gale and salvor and, and and the fact that harry understands that gale wants to prevent salvor's future death and and again just you know the the exchange that the two of them have where he's like you know it's it, it's pointless whatever you do to change it or think you're going to change it something else will happen and Salvor's like so basically you're telling me i got 150 years
1: to live okay that's cool <laughs> You am know? right, like right okay yeah, yeah. and it, it's funny because you know it, it's trying to like that whole scene like it seems like Salvor is upset at first but then she like raises good you know like, okay, I know when I die, but then on the other hand, like, I'm not going to die until then. So I've got like 150 years. Now, you know, I doubt she's going to experience an actual 150 years, but again, who knows? Um, but, you know, she then says, I've never felt so alive. So it's very ironic that knowing when she's going to die is actually making her feel um, more alive.
0: Right. And of course, we don't know whether she's going to go back into cryo sleep at some point and find herself 149 years in the future. And you're like, oh, F this. I only got a year.
1: Ah, son of a-
0: yeah. But uh, and then, of course, we see Harry Seldon as this digital simulation until he's not, which was pretty cool. and And, and I'm sure a lot of people are saying, like, I well, how did that happen? No effing idea. Yeah, I don't don't care.
1: Harry says, "I don't know."
0: (laughs) Right, right. So now there were two simulations. Now I guess there's still one out there, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, Trantor.
1: Though he didn't show himself. Right, he just fried a guy and then you know had Obermella written all over the place.
0: Right, And, and and then the other thing, you know, before we get into the you know the heart of it, you know that that. Salvor considers Harry and the danger he poses to Gail. and and this whole idea that Salvor feels a little bit like the third wheel in this relationship. And right. on the one hand, you get it—you know—is Harry the father figure that Gail never had, or you know? And then the whole thing about uh, you know about you know finally meeting your parents and be, you, being a bit disappointed and it's like ouch all right that right. wasn't very nice but uh <laughs> you know that that a story with harry gale and salvor where they go to a mining planet called una's world and they thought they were going to uh ignis is that the planet ignis. I, yeah, I believe right, right. that's yeah, that was, yeah right and salvor's like well, wait a minute this isn't ignis uh no nah, i had to you know make a quick nope. stop off <laughs> uh to consult callie did i not which, mention that I thought yeah. I
1: mentioned yeah
0: <laughs> right so obviously the two of them know each other we don't know what callie is and i i think uh uh alan brings that up in his feedback and again like you know how harry now has a physical body i don't care I mean, it's cool that he does. All right, let's let's move forward with the story.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, you can see, like, I get because again, this is something that's not in you know there's no foundation. Asimov, as well, uh, if you'll forgive the the pun there. You, you you see why they you can see why they did it, right. We can't have you know Harry Seldon as a character, but just as some hologram, right? We we want him to be able to interact with the world around him, you know?
0: Right. And, um, and it's almost been kind of a cheat the way they've done it up to this
1: point. Yeah. And it feels no less of a cheat, which with what they did, but as you said, I'm okay with that. I don't care.
0: Right. You know? I mean, in Andromeda, Lexa Doig's character, Rami eventually gets a physical body f- for all intents and purposes and, and, and makes that same kind of transformation. Although there's an explanation for how that was done, but.
1: Yeah, and, uh-huh. I, you know, maybe they'll give us the explanation. I think the 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 vague "I don't know" doesn't really work. And, but I also think we haven't seen the last of like uh, Calais. I yeah, I can't remember how they pronounce it. I don't think we've seen the the last of of her either. So yeah, I think we'll eventually get. But I, like like you said, at this point, I just I don't care um, right. how it's, it happens. It's cool. You know, it just it happened. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm 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 good with that. Um one thing I just wanted to, to say also is before is you know when um H- Harry is like telling Gail listen you are you are trying to shift like big events to save one person yes when that's like that how psychohistory is like the opposite, right like individual people don't really matter in psycho history. it's the the big picture, right the big events that matter which are in places driven by people like salver harden but like you said well if if she weren't there it would just been someone else would have taken care of business you know someone would have stepped up right and and he knows gail
0: knows that which which is part of the problem i think for harry yeah that she should know better but right we understand why she doesn't
1: we understand yeah so yeah
0: well he tells them you know if i'm not back in six hours just leave i was a little surprised that that they were ready to leave and and in fact they they started and and we got a cool scene where the the ship i guess they're on such thin ground that the the ship crashes down and we get those uh, mechs or whatever they're called that, that start attacking them and and they're and like some,
1: monster robots
0: right and and really very cool. i have my notes very star warsian escape yes
1: and very much
0: which yes again i'm not a huge star wars fan but as far as action sequences go those are some of my favorite and and yeah. this one was great
1: i, I think i literally said they owe this escape to George Lucas,
0: uh, no question. <laughs> and you know, so they get out of there, but then they detect a life form, and it goes back to that. Well, uninhabited doesn't mean alone. Harry tells them, and whether he right. was referring to the mechs that that attacked them, or whether he, you know, was you know really looking at you know, a couple hours into the future knowing this is what his outcome was going to be. But we don't know. We don't know whether Harry went here to get a body or if he went here for some other reason and this is what he ended up with.
1: Well, Harry said he didn't know. Like, before he went into the, the cave, again, hello, Plato, um, before he oh, went in, yeah. he, he said, I don't know what's going to happen. So he is really throwing himself into the, completely into the arms of psychohistory to the degree that like you know we th- think of Harry Sheldon as his master manipulator but he's just like no nah, I'm just I'm just kind of going with it like I'm just I don't know what's gonna happen here we'll just we'll figure you know but this I know this is what is supposed to happen
0: right and you know we're, we're finally left with the fact that his consciousness has been transferred into a body and now the three of them are for, for real at this point, you know, all three of them. And I guess Harry's consciousness is no longer in the ship's computer. We don't know
1: that yet. Well, Certainly. I think we do. It, because th- they, they they moved him into the, the Prime oh, the, Radiant. Oh, right, 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 right. So they could take him out to the cave, and then he went into the cave. Right. And then he came out as a real boy.
0: Okay, <laughs> Okay. so uh, <laughs> no longer in the Prime Radiant. So, right. Hopefully she kept that. That's still, it's a cool art piece for sure.
1: Yeah. And and it's I think there's a lot of silly, pretty useful information on it and everything. So. Yeah. Um,
0: now, the B story, I, I guess for me, unless there's something else you want to mention about Harry, Gale, and Salvor. Uh,
1: I don't think so. I might think of something later. But okay. okay yeah. Just, yeah.
0: The return of Bel Rios from this penal colony to Tranf- yeah, Trantor... Said. i said what colony yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that um
1: i will never grow up dave you know what
0: honestly and i guess there's many reasons i love my wife but the whole that's what she said never fails to put a smile on her face (laughs) and she must have inadvertently set me up i mean literally at least five times today so Anyway, um, so Bel Rios returns to Trantor in service of Empire at the behest of Demerzel. Great scene. Right away, we're introduced to Bel Rios as a prisoner who, despite the fact that he barely looks like he's holding on, goes to the defense of an even weaker prisoner. Right. And he knows he's putting his own life on the line, yet he does it anyway. So right away, we're, we're told what kind of man Bel Rios really yeah. is. I mean, you know, we we know he was a general that defied empire and won a battle.
1: Yes, but
0: well, to see and, it,
1: and you know, we see we you know we know that he did that to. You know, a win the battle, but also b to save people's lives. Right. Um, And so we see that that is like obviously the the biggest kind of driver in his personality is to help others and to save people. She offers him
0: that chance, and as it turns out, it it looks like it's a recon mission, and of course he's like you want me to be a spy it, 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 yeah. kind of beneath me. But if I understood correctly, they want him to go to Suena, which is that planet, I guess, where we first see Polly yes. a, a, and brother constant. And, and I guess the idea is that, you know, revolution is brewing. Uh, we need you to see if there's really any danger there. So, okay, fine.
1: I guess for me, that, take the fleet with you. By the way, oh so, my God. I mean, and, and, probably delivering a little bit of a message. And, and
0: wow, time. and we've talked about the world building and, yeah. and talking about owing you know a debt to George Lucas or you know, there's some pretty cool CGI in in there's this episode. There's some
1: extremely cool CGI. I mean, that the ship. production values of the show is is out of this world. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Right. Um, just like, you know, like I said, Dave, again, I have to mention your strange new worlds and everything. I know.
0: Eventually, yeah. I'll probably break down. So, but, but we get that great reunion. It just again, the writing, it, I, it's just so powerful that, that touching reunion scene with, with Bell and Glewin that each thought the other was dead. And you see the one that, you know, he's good-looking guy. He's got a clean uniform on or whatever he's wearing, and then you, you see Bell, and and it's just, I don't know. To me, that was just the most powerful scene in this episode. Well,
1: because, you know, what we've seen of Belle Rios is this defiant, tough guy, right? Complete badass. And then he sees his husband, and I think Fred uses the word fragile, and I completely agree with that. He just, like the, I mean, Ben, well, who is it? Ben Daniels. Ben- yeah, Ben Daniels. Yep. Ben Daniels, man. Holy cow. Hats off to this guy. You know, just completely the character, you just see that emotional impact of seeing the person that he loves and he just like, you know, he doesn't fall to pieces, but he just completely drops the tough guy act and becomes someone very vulnerable and, and everything. And the, that transformation happens like, like that, it's, it's really top-tier acting at this point. Well, you know, awesome. and, and as
0: English teachers, how many times have we talked about complex characters in literature? And yes, he, he is so vulnerable, so fragile in this scene, and yet a few minutes later, he's had a shower, a haircut, and a shave well actually at first he says no i want empire to see me as i am
1: yeah which was again
0: badass yes and and as you said stands up to him and empire doesn't know what the hell to make of it and he is testing him and you get the sense that that brother day doesn't really know what answer he really wants out of bel rio's
1: Right, and oh, I love. No, he, he totally was like you know you know because Demersel was like, so that was the right answer. He's like, ah, well, maybe <laughs> right.
0: And and you yeah. understand. And and I love the fact that Day said, "Look, you embarrassed me before," and and I think that's one of the things that I think is so great about Day's character. I mean, we talked last week about his realization and recognition that things can't go on the way they've been. And that I'm gonna get married. I'm gonna have a child the old-fashioned way. Well, maybe the old-fashioned way. We don't, yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, so I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been practicing with with uh, right. So you know, so, so we'll but see. But
1: see, see intercourse was off the table, according to the uh, you know, what's her name.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll but, see. But yeah, but, you know, is cut. is uh, a
1: magnificent figure. So
0: so you know, he he's it made that admission, which which I think was probably pretty difficult to sell, particularly to uh, his brothers. And, but then, you know, just admitting that, that you know, you embarrassed me. And you know, Bell is able to stand up. And, he, and that whole thing is about, look, you know, he's been dead for six years. So, you know, if you kill him, you kill him. And and of course, we know inside, he, he, it's got to be tearing him to pieces to say that. But now, there's an element of truth to it for for yeah, sure man,
1: he's got he's got a good point there right you know, like i already thought he was dead right so what are you gonna do right and then that
0: comment uh to his husband that a weak emperor needs a strong general you know what he means i don't know that i see day as weak i i, I you know i i feel like okay fine in this battle that you know got bell sent to the penal colony
1: yes i said it again yeah i, I was going to just like uh, uh,
0: <laughs> y- y- okay okay fine but we don't necessarily have any evidence of anything else that that day has done you know that that would question his competence as as empire
1: so right well and, and punishing bel is not necessarily incompetent right but it does i you know i think we we talked about i don't know if it's last week or, it must have been last week you know it does i think reflects a certain level of of weakness that you know you can't you can't sustain one of your soldiers thinking on his feet right like you take it like he disobeyed nor i would Take it as like, well, he improvised and he came up with a a solution because he's the guy on the battlefield. You're not. Well, right. But what we don't know, did
0: everybody on Bell's ship hear Empire give that order and then watch as Bell disobeyed the order? Right. I mean, if it was simply behind the scenes where Empire gave him that order and then he, as you said, improvised and won the battle – yeah, then that's pretty bad that, that that this was how Empire dealt with it. Because as he said last week, we can't have following orders become optional. And you understand that. But there's got to be some room for improvisation, which uh, if we were doing a sports podcast, here's where we talk about that's one of John Harbaugh's strengths that he lets his players yeah. Um, do their thing. Um, anything else about Bel Rios and, and what's going on on Trantor?
1: Um, well, I, you know, there's a, uh, a character that we are introduced here to. On, first of all, um, you know, we talked about the the George Lucas, oh. you know, influence on this, um, you know, Bel Rios taking command, very Star Trek.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, again, command. powerful scene number two, when he comes on the bridge and it's just dead quiet, and everybody does that that salute, you yeah. know, with their hands across their uh, just. Oh man, just so yeah. powerful, and then yeah. just a split second later, he returns the salute. Wow, Does it,
1: yeah. yeah, a lot of cool stuff with with Bell Rios. Yep. It's been, well, not the least of which it's a cool name, but there's also uh, this character that he just refers to as she bends.
0: Oh yeah she bends no the, she bends light
1: right but I, I think i don't know if he calls her she bends light i think he just calls her she bends um but on imdb the character is called she bends light mm. and she is like again classic star trek strong number one you know like it's um you no know, he comes on and she's just like it's just like boom like he never left the ship yep you know um and, and she's interested because she does mention something about her people and how they couldn't wipe out her people. So, um, you know, we get a sense of like, you know, when you talk about did the crew hear the order being given? It, I don't know if the crew would have cared. They're obviously their loyalty is to Bel Rios and not necessarily to Empire. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have cared. They I, I, But. He would have, the Empire would have cared. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No doubt. Right. No doubt. Well, I mean, obviously he cared. Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> right. Put the guy in, you know, named Shovel for six years and everything. Okay. Super cool. Really, probably, I don't know. I said at the beginning, you know, like, yeah, I said at the beginning, like, I thought that the Homer Mallow uh, aspect was the best part of this episode. But now you're making me question that. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, yo, well, actually, all the stuff with everything pretty much Belrios. Was was pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: but again, I think that's the strength of this episode that that you've got two just really superb storylines that they address in you know fifty minutes or so. I mean, we don't spend much time on Terminus, but in the one scene we get there, they're they're kind of dealing with the aftermath of the vaults opening and the warden's demise, and they're trying to figure out well, what do we do about this Mallow problem? And Polly's like, um, we find Hober Mallow. Well,
1: do yeah. do we? And it's like, it's like yeah. You want to go in there? Do you see what happened to the last guy? Yep. Who went in there whose name was not Hober Mallow? Right. Like pretty, you know, the, the vault was pretty unambiguous, right?
0: So we go to Corell, and we're finally introduced to Hober Which is
1: actually there. It's there, kind of funny because- in uh, one of the episodes of, of, of Ahsoka this year, this sorry, just last week, um, they went to Corellia and now I'm watching Foundation and they go to Corell. I, 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 obviously, there's zero intentionality in this, but I just thought it was funny that I watched both those shows the same week. Okay. So, anyway. All
0: right. Well, we're introduced to Hobermallow, Mallow, who is a trader. And I think we have to then maybe put a slash after trader con man and okay fine <laughs> you know you you mentioned the actor that they've chosen to to play this character in the show versus the way the character is depicted in the book i was fascinated to learn that he trained as a priest before becoming a common trader which i guess right. is is how polly knows him and and, and of course he knows polly but it's pretty clear he's kind of part traitor, part con man, part magician, part technician because the next thing we know he's placed under arrest and set to be executed on Corel. Pretty cool execution device, I must say. Sort of like the guillotine but with a modern,
1: you know, yeah. touch to yeah. it. With a uh, probably a more like yeah, just like a, a definite ending to well i guess you get your head cut off that's definitely ending too but you know it's just like i don't know i don't know if it's worse or or not you know i guess the, the guillotine at least you're looking down and you you can't see it which that might be actually be worse at least here you get to look up and you get to see the thing that's gonna do you we get to see it it actually you know the first time i saw it i didn't think that was an actual person then the second time i was like oh my god that wasn't like just yeah, you know, at first I thought it was just like a a mannequin they were doing just to you know put the the fear into um, Hober, but it wasn't. That was the he was the first prisoner who got executed. Uh-uh. But Hobart goes to his uh, execution with, dare I say, a certain lack of gravitas. You know, you think really? I, I mean, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess we know on the one hand that something's going to happen to prevent his execution because we know he's an important character in the story. We just don't know that he's going to use a teleportation device to execute his uh, escape. And in addition, get whatever that stone is that was in the, uh, what was that guy? You, you mentioned the,
1: uh, uh, he's not an
0: emperor. He's something. I don't know. No,
1: he's he's com, Comdor, like C-O-M-M-D-O-R. Comdor Argo. Okay. Now, did you notice
0: his female kind of number one? Uh, Did I? Okay. Well, I'm thinking like, all right, where the hell do I know her from? Uh, it's an actress named May Lifshitz. Her character's Forcer Wallach or something like that. But yeah. she was in Warrior Nun. That's where I know her from. Ah, uh, okay. And... You still haven't seen Warrior Nun, have you?
1: I, I, I watched season one. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Uh, a, a while ago, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: So, All right, cool.
1: I will probably. That's one of the shows that's always kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, because you know, I, I that is definitely one I have to go back and watch. Uh, okay. season Okay. Well,
0: well, you know, again. when when the main character in Warrior Nun, remember when she, you know, realizes I'm not paralyzed and she goes on the run and she hooks up with that group of people that. You know, they're basically squatting in these high-end homes.
1: Uh, ah, okay, yeah, I do remember. Well, she
0: that. was one of the one of the people ah, there. Okay, so and I think she was the one that you know basically took her under her wing. It's like, all right, I'm going to dress you before we go out to the party and all that. So right. anyway, that's where I know her from. So this whole teleportation device, I mean, you know, certainly the 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 Commodore doesn't seem to be aware of devices of this nature which you know when you look around at the technology that exists i mean they have jump ships that you know we assume can travel i don't know 10 parsecs yeah whatever i mean what the hell is a parsec (laughs) um is a parsec a real thing i i you know what i knew that at one time whether it was a real thing or not but anyway so will this teleportation device you know play into the story in the future, I don't know. Hopefully it's cool as hell. But Polly realizes he's going to steal our ship. And uh, all right, what well, okay, fine. Sure. Brother Constant jumps on, I'm thinking, all right, there's no damn way Polly's getting on." Uh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever.
1: He he finds. He's over he's 100 and some years old. He 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 finds it within him. Well, I mean, if we could believe that they ran from wherever they were to the ship and caught up with him where and I guess I thought about it like, well, why aren't all the, you know, the quote unquote bad guys, how come they aren't there? And I guess, well, they wouldn't think to, you know, go to the, 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 the priest ships or whatever, right? Yeah, right, right. And, and- so, but still the fact that they like took off running, and got there before he took off seems a bit a little bit of a stretch but i like
0: yeah and then just that great scene where they've got to take control back from him um you know the 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 physical confrontation between hober and and brother constant and the next thing you know she's on the ground on her back he's over top of her and she's like hello and then the yeah. next thing she jabs a hypodermic in his neck and
1: yeah. Make, Subdues him. Up, right. Which is great. Right. Um, Get it all yeah, out. There, you know, there is a, uh, you know, there, there seems to be some electricity here. Uh, Brother Constant does seem to be impressed by Hober Mallow's swashbuckling demeanor and everything. How can so, you like, not be? I mean, really? Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you mentioned Malcolm Reynolds earlier. I don't, I, I mean, am I just looking for comparisons? I mean, I feel like there's some Malcolm no, I Reynolds can, uh, in him. You
1: know, I, I, I'd never really thought about it before, but like that's, that's a pretty good uh, comparison there, I think. So,
0: and you know, unfortunately, I know you own the discs. Uh, Firefly's not available for free anywhere. On, Is it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, oh. not for any services, at least that I have.
1: See, that's why well, it's by, by I the I know. Boy, well, Ray you man. know what? Yeah, that's-
0: and that's not very expensive. But anyway, yeah. um, anything else before we get to the feedback?
1: Well, Commander Argo is played by one Philip Glenister. Ah, yes. Who was uh, DCI Gene Hunt on both Life on Mars, the British version. The, the American version is pretty good, not quite as good as the British version. As well as Ashes to Ashes, which I watched uh, sometime last year and uh, loved. So I will admit, and we were talking about this before, I did not – peg Philip Glenister the first time I watched this. And I went back and I uh, was looking to see some of the characters' names on IMDb and saw who he was. And the minute, the minute I saw that he was in, I'm like, ah, that's, you know, because like I, I kind of like it's one of those things where you like recognize the voice, but you're not sure and everything. And then I went back and watched it the second time. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's Philip Glenister all over. So it's kind of a funny thing. And I don't know whether they did this on purpose or not, but I just thought it was funny. Like, on Ashes to Ashes, the lead characters named Alex Drake and um, DCI Hunt calls her Polly all the time so you know there's a Polly there on ashes of ashes that we got a Polly here on foundation I don't know if that was purposeful or not or coincidence sounds like it's probably mostly coincidence but you know maybe as they're writing this they realized that this character named Polly and someone said Polly hey we should get Philip Glenister to play this part that's kind of what I picture happening here so I don't know
0: well, if it is, and it's like one of those obscure references to another show, I love it. Yeah, don't know if it is, um, but uh, you know, and and, and and you know, you you've just mentioned Life on Mars and how there's a you know a Brit, the original British version and a U.S. version that was that was pretty good. And it always yeah. makes me think of Being Human, where okay, the British version is really good, but the American version is pretty good as well. I thought.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a great example.
0: Which doesn't often happen, but anyway.
1: No, not always. But sometimes, like Ghosts, um, oh, I actually haven't seen the British version of Ghosts yet, but the, the American version is hilarious. And, of course, Coupling, uh, which is a very good Stephen Moffat-written uh, uh, series in Britain, became a, a, a rather popular show called Friends in the States. Oh, so. good point. So. Yeah. All right, anything else? Uh well just just what just it was a good line that that uh um salvor has and uh, she says to to Gail, you know, never let your sense of morals prevent you from doing what's right. And I thought I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And then when I applied this the situation, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like your your sense of morals is that don't leave anyone behind. Don't leave Harry behind, right? But on the other hand, doing what's right, especially you know, in this situation, is probably to you know split and get cracking on forming the second foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. On this other world where they know they're supposed to be. So, and the, and when I thought about it, I was like, okay, actually, that that kind of applies. I get I get what the, she meant by that, right? And and that's
0: the whole thing that we talked about before that you mentioned that Gail wants to save one person, you know, at at the expense of, you know, Uh, everything, the the, the, The plan, every
1: exactly, literally the entire universe, Mm -hmm. galaxy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, there, the, the one scene where Demerzel and empire are watching, uh, bell Rios and his husband, uh, you know, I, I assume eventually making their way to, um, what off stage. uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And she's like stroking his hair and he's like, you know, she says, you are empire. He's like, keep going. You know, it's just like, what? And her hand, does her
0: hand start going down a little bit? Just, we see it going down a couple Uh, inches and then the scene cuts away.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But you know, it's like, man, this guy is, he's, he's got some, he's got some twists in him. Yeah, man. All right. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like you know, like there's nothing wrong with watching gay I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching gay porn or anything like that. That's that's fine. Not that it's porn. It's like two people love each other. Uh but they are you know, watch you know, they're watching them and in a personal moment, I think maybe they would turn the monitor off and say, All right, let them have their privacy in this but then, you know, kind of like the, the weird sexual relationship we see here between Demozelle and Empire that we've talked about actually since uh season one now, you know, I mean it's just like Seems kind of like mixing and watching other people and then having her tell him he's empire and the power and sex and everything mixed together seems, you know, a little goofy, but yeah, okay. you know, whatever to each their own. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, let's get to listener feedback. What do you say? Sure. All right. We'll hear from Alan in England and we'll be right back.
2: Hello to sci-fi TV rewatch podcast fans. This is Alan from England here with feedback mostly about Foundation Series 2, Episode 3, King and Commoner. Uh, What else I'm watching? We finished watching Quantum Leap Season 1, and I really enjoyed that with a couple of twists in it. Makes you wonder what's going to happen next. I started and almost finished watching Season 1 of Invasion also on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm really enjoying that. And now I see that season two has just started. So that's excellent, if accidental, timing. To Foundation, King and Commoner. At last episode, I was possibly comparing a little bit too much to the book and getting a bit confused. This episode, I enjoyed it so much, I didn't really care what was in the book. As they touched down, or beneath, the surface of that planet, we see that giant hand from that statue almost gives the statue of Arthur Dent in the second radio series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a run for his money. Nice phrasing. Stay alert. Why? It's uninhabited. Uninhabited doesn't mean we're alone. That sounds like it could have come straight out of a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy interplay between Arthur Dent and Ford or Zaphod. The Foundation are a bit upset about the recent immolation of their previous warden, and there's quite a good discussion about, well, how the first crisis was more of a general thing, which didn't mention Salva, but now, in this crisis, they've definitely mentioned Hobber Mallow, and why are they specifically requested, which really could only be because there's some kind of sentience inside the vault. It seems from Polly that this Hobber Mallow is about the worst, most unreliable person ever. Selling 38 of Seldon's bones reminds me of something similar from Blackadder season 1. Harry and Gail aren't getting on, but they do eventually reach the mountain slash statue. I wondered if we were supposed to know who that statue was of, but I couldn't make anything of it. We get acquainted with Bell Rios, his sense of judgement and honour, as Demersal makes him an offer he won't refuse, but will try to renegotiate. However, as with tyrannies down the ages, while a downtrodden person might not fear their own death, they might agree to do something to prevent somebody else's. Gale turns Tomb Raider to reveal a very not-dead Calais, who then supports Harry, and one or other of them then immediately shuts out Gale. Commodore Argo, superbly played by Philip Glenister. It's not life on Mars, but it is life on Correl. Then Hobo Mallow is shown as this master trader, a real rogues rogue. A Han Solo, before Han Solo was even a twinkle in George Lucas's eye. I really enjoyed that first switcheroo. The castling device is so clever that if it wasn't in the original book, well, then it should have been. Maybe it's the basis of a fringe device to span the worlds. I love the way the Commodore is completely taken in while stating... There's no way he's going to get taken in. And how this is setting something up for later, which I completely didn't see coming. Rios wants to meet the Emperor, warts and all, and gets a one-on-one meeting, is reunited with husband Glewin. I did suspect that maybe they were a clone or something at first, so I'll keep my eye on that. When Belle is all cleaned up, I thought the actor was Michael Fassbender. But actually, it's somebody called Ben Daniels. Hoba looks completely confident and at ease, even in the prospect of certain death. Polly tries to help out, but is rebuffed. Hoba can't die, but wants to stop it. He's doomed. But wait, he's going to appeal to the crowd and the Commodore. No. He even talks about having no move that won't put him in check, and I still didn't see what was coming. Then we see different eyes and hear a different voice emanating from behind the mask. Yep, they've been castled. I actually punched the air. I was so happy with this whole exchange. Brother Constant was similarly impressed, I thought. Bel Rios is off to the outer reaches. Gal and Salvor rescue a reconstituted physical Harry. There's just no stopping him in this reimagining of Foundation. I've got a feeling now he's going to outlast everyone until the rise of the new Empire. Absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this whole episode. Take care alan from
0: england well i'm sure we both love the reference to hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy now,
1: yeah for sure yeah,
0: and i know we both read all the books and i saw the the original six-part bbc series way back when when i had a vhs and and i probably still have the tapes somewhere in the yeah, basement i have
1: I, I have it on dvd still
0: um now i i know you had to love the life on mars mention as well sure yeah um
1: but uh what else? Yeah, I love the the, the Philip Demers little shout out again, obviously Bel Rios, awesome. Uh, well especially like his judgment and honor, I think it's it's a good one even though. Um you know, Alan, you, you're spelling honor wrong, but I don't know if you do that or anything. But anyway Is he doing that um, that, that that you thing again? They got a little yeah, they got mm-hmm. an extra U in there. Mm-hmm. What what what's that all about? So anyway. Um <laughs> you know uh, I, I that was one thing that we did not mention but that is actually a great point of that he, he sees himself like we saw on in the prison him standing up for the weaker prisoner and uh you know he tells his husband i, I keep saying his husband because i completely forgot his name and there's Glawen or Glaywen yeah. or something like that you know he says listen all of these people are are unimportant to empire right so as, or the, the, he, he, he said they're disposable right and he says i'm the only person that's not disposable so it's my job to look out for everyone else so he takes you know that that responsibility of protecting people that we saw in prison and he, he you know he's applying it to the whole empire and that's like man they, I, lo- I love this guy yeah, right? yeah really I, mean, I love this guy like, this, this guy's awesome so um yeah that's great all right uh well let's hear what
0: Fred's got and we'll be right back with that. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners
3: to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Foundation Season 2, Episode 3. Okay, let's start with what am I watching? I'm still slowly watching the Charnera Chronicles. I'm rewatching more or less in snippets Impostors. I talked about it before. It's a great series of two seasons Dave knows it and also likes it. But I gave the tip to my wife and she is watching it. So I sometimes watch some of it along and it's still great. As said before, my wife and I rarely watch something together apart from Star Trek. So that's that's nice that she indeed liked this as well. I'm quite disappointed and actually angry that we don't get a next season of The Peripheral. Really, really disappointed about that. To ease the pain, fortunately, there is a third season out of Ragnarok, and we will get, although it was cancelled, a new season of Warrior Nun. I think we can expect for the upcoming period quite some surprising cancellations, and that's actually possibly linked to The Strikes. At least that was one of the arguments they gave for the peripheral. I'm actually at the point that I don't seek any logic anymore into cancellations or continuations of series. It feels for me as a kind of randomness. Another bummer was some time ago, the cancellation of Snowpeaser, As Wayne also regretted, uh, made by one of the directors of another well-known series called
1: Beep.
3: I don't want to mention the name of that one, otherwise Dave has to do a rewatch. Okay, let's go into Foundation. It was a little disappointing not to have a continuation of the interaction between Queen Sereth of Cloud Dominion and Brother Day. But perhaps that will be the next episode again. I love their banter. Which banter I didn't like so much is the banter between Gal and Harry. Or actually, it's not a banter. It's more like a real kind of hatred, almost. We have a new unconceivable story. So Harry and Gal meet this call And she's living there as a AI, probably. And what's crazy is that at the end of the episode, Harry is back into a... Uh, corporeal i assume human form huh what so we hadn't the interaction between day and queen seret but we did have the interaction between day and general bel rios Um, was a kind of different but on the other hand also a little bit the same kudos to the actor ben daniels who plays uh, bel rios So strong in the salt mines etc and opposing day and on the other hand so fragile when he is with his husband Glewen. In his salt mine appearance he reminded me a little bit of Cat Weasel. I don't know if you know that in the US but Alan certainly knows him. That was a 70s series I think with the guy that popped into our time from this stone age could not speak our language, etc., etc. Bell Rios also reminds me of the Stone Angels in Be Foreigners. Then there is the whole Hober storyline. Death by Titan's prick. Of course they had to kill first one prisoner to show what the thing can do. To make it clear what the threat really is. Well, was that necessary? <laughs> I think you knew what the thing could do. The switcheroo reminded me a little bit of The Nevers, where there was also a switching of melody that are hanging. Also a series that's a, such a pity that it was cancelled. Well, actually not. Actually, it got the second season, but that was not so good as the first, and then it stopped. And with the quality of the second season, I had less problems. But that's perhaps also because Joss Whedon didn't, manage the second season. But if he would have, that could have been uh, also a series with so good and nice potential. Loved the premise and loved the acting. And the second season was only for a very short while available on a channel like 2B or something like that, but not on Netflix. So just such a waste. The end of this Foundation episode of course full of tension with these mining spiders or how do you want to call them and why are they targeting harry i don't know i always find the reviews by pete peppers on youtube very insightful and helping so i mostly post a link on the facebook page for that okay that will be all for now greetings all the best fred from the netherlands
0: yeah, one one of the things I love. I mean, look certainly. There's a lot to love about when we get feedback, and and Fred's been telling us what he's been watching, and he's even posted some like really extensive lists in the Facebook group where he's got all these different categories of shows he watches, how he watches, how often he watches certain things, and and now to have Alan, you know, letting us know what he's watching, I, I just love that. So Fred, I definitely agree about the random. Feeling that we get with these cancellation there i think we've all just given up trying to figure out why a streaming service cancels a particular show and i think fred's yeah. referring to the uh, the peripheral but especially ones
1: they are successful you know yeah, like yeah. you know i don't know it's just yeah it's crazy and i and i know these shows are expensive and everything but i i don't get and i, I said this last week i don't get how as, as fred alluded to that oh it's because of the strike, well now wait a second hold on isn't everything affected by the strike so why are these shows getting canceled right how come you're not canceling every show everywhere you know like it just doesn't I don't know yeah no no it, no
0: that's a good point and and again we don't know I mean certainly we've seen shows get picked up after they've been canceled. Uh, you know I mentioned uh, warrior not a few minutes ago and and you know the the fan you know clamor on you know the internet uh, you know got it a return for a, thir- a third season so who knows maybe somebody'll pick up the peripheral but like you said it doesn't make any sense to use the strike as the reason for the cancellation unless yeah. there's something that we don't know about and you know one of the things that I've I've run across with some of these international shows is that, and, and I've also mentioned that it's really difficult to, to find information, at least for me, about certain shows and, well, what's up with this? Why didn't it get this season? Is it getting. Um, is that a lot of times it, it appears that networks or whoever takes so long in making a renewal that even one of the lead actors goes and takes another job? And then, oh, okay, we are going to give you a season two. It's like, well, you know, (laughs) if you'd have told me two months ago. So, you know, who knows? I don't know. But, uh, you know, Fred also mentions about Callie and the lack of clarity about what she is, who she is. And and like we mentioned, I I don't care. She's cool. You know, the fact that she is and the fact that Harry's got an actual body. Right. Whatever, you know.
1: Which you know leads me to think that maybe uh, Calais or Callie or whatever is is not an AI. I, I tend to think that she is.
0: She lives in the mountain?
1: Like an actual person. Okay. Yeah, you know. Uh, obviously, I don't really have evidence to, to back that up. It's just my kind of gut feeling with um, with her and the, the, the fact of, of Harry now having, you know, a corporeal form. Makes me think that, I mean, and also like Gail says something like, there, it, it was, you know, like even Gail says, I think she, like, Gail feels like she was alive, right? Yeah. Um, because she's amazed. She's like, you know, how can she, she was supposed to have died ages ago. You know, so she, Gail clearly thinks she's not an AI. So that's, I'm kind of going with with her feeling there. And there. All right. Uh, anything else about Fred's feedback? Fred had mentioned how, you know, Ben Daniels, when we first see him, uh, the uh, the other people that he kind of remind me of when I first saw him, I thought he was kind of like was because I he couldn't like because of the hair and the dirt, his face is difficult to discern, but the voice to me sounded a lot like uh, Ben Mendelssohn's who's you know, a really incredible uh, British actor and everything. Um, so that's who I thought it was at first, but obviously he's not. But uh, Ben Daniels, like I said, I just can't. Hats off to you, man. That was that was a tour de force acting job in that guy's part all right alan fred thank you guys
0: great stuff as always i know this is going to be radical dude but i'm going full a i just really love this episode i I, I just can't find anything to criticize it for I, I thought the writing was great i thought the action sequence was were amazing particularly you know the escape Gale and Salvor, you know, get out of that underground with the mechs. Um, you know, the emotional content, uh, the introduction of Hover. I, I don't know. I'm just going A.
1: All of that stuff you said is great. And but I don't like giving out A's, right, is one. And two, I'm just grading it down a little because I did not, I just thought the ending was so awkward and lame. Like, you know, Harry, first of all, the whole countdown thing. Like, oh, you uh, you only got a couple of seconds left. Get him. Oh, are they going to get Harry in the ship? Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, of course they're going to get Harry on the ship. And then uh, you have to get him, and he pulls up, and he comes to. And, like, what happens? like, I don't know. It's just like, come mm. on, man. Like, I don't know. Like even both times I watched it. I can that, see that, sure. That just seems so like so I the ending I just like I I I love the fact that Harry's got a body now and everything and I and I get why they did that. It makes narrative sense that they did that and everything. But just the whole ending was just kinda of like there was just too much of that cliche elements there and then you know the i don't know like give me a break so all right fair it's point still a minus though it's a very good grade it is uh, you know, it like, is uh, my students don't always believe that but yeah it's still a very it's a nice grade so, okay all right well we will leave it there um
0: gonna reach the no i can't remember whether oh no i think there are 10 episodes in this season i, I think
1: it's just that. yeah
0: I, I mean i was gonna say next week we reach the midpoint but no that's not true next week is episode four but that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about foundation cancellation of the peripheral our return with fringe in a couple months or so uh, the fact that we're going to do ragnarok's final season three join the facebook group if you haven't already we'll be back next week to talk about episode four of season two of the apple tv plus series foundation but until then
1: Okay, well, you know, Dave. um, I I, obviously I love all our Patreon listeners, and I thank you for everything. But you know, Dave, when we have Patreons, you know, you gotta watch your words because we're back in their service now.